KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. You're listening to the Arab Shabbat program, Arab Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Acharimot Kedoshim. Tet Yar Tafshin Ein. Arab Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef and Chaim Shmuel, and I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. The parasha begins by the Adonai al Moshe, Harei Mot Shnei Bnei Aaron, Bekorvatam Lishnei Adonai VeYamutu. Parashat Acharei Mot begins by saying that the the following parasha, which is going to discuss the Avodah in the Kodesh Hakodeshim, which the parasha is going to tell us takes place on Yom Kippurim, is a tivui which is given on the coattails of the death of Nadav Vavihu. And there's a lot to discuss in the context of the connection of Avodat Yom Kippurim to what happened to Nadav Vavihu. I actually am going to use Nadav Vavihu as an excuse to go back to Parshat Shmini, because we didn't have an opportunity to discuss Parshat Shmini due to the Pesach vacation. And a few thoughts about that. Perhaps we'll be able to discuss briefly Acharimot itself. Recently, a close acquaintance of mine came over... And we discussed uh, what her rabbi, a prominent rabbi, said about Parshat Shmini. Now he focused on the end of the turn of events by Parashat Shmini. And that being the whole issue with the Chatat. The Chatat, The last few psukim in Parak Yud, in the 10th chapter, discuss how Moshe gets angry at Elazar and Itamar for not eating the chatat. And we've discussed in the past the identity of this chatat, is it the chatat of Rosh Chodesh, as Chazal and the vast majority of commentaries be, uh, believe? Or is it the chatat of Yom Hashmini, which seems to be the pshat, because the chatat of Rosh Chodesh is not mentioned in the Psukim. We only know about the Chatat of Rosh Chodesh because we accept the assumption of Chazal that the Yom Hashmini was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. In any case, Moshe gets angry at them. Why didn't you eat it? Why did you burn it? And Aharon says, Aharon says it was inappropriate to bring the to eat the chatat under today's circumstances, and this would not be this would not make God happy. This would not be appropriate in front of God for me to have eaten the chatat today. So there's a whole discussion according to Chazal. What Aaron is saying is that though we have a special allowance to eat kochim, 
that only pertains to the Kodshim that are unique to today, the Yom HaShmini, but Kodashim that are not unique to today, that are regular Kodashim, like the Seir of Rosh Chodesh, which is brought every month forever. So we have no special allowance to eat that. And Moshe accepts Aaron's words. We, of course, have always uh, brought the explanation of the Nitziv, who says that we're talking about the Seir of the Yom HaShmini, and Aaron is saying it's inappropriate to eat the Chatat, which is a symbol of Kapara, atonement, on a day like today, when clearly I have not achieved atonement as my two sons, my two oldest sons, have died. And this would have been inappropriate in the eyes of God. And Moshe accepts Aaron's words. That's how we've always explained it. And this prominent rabbi gave a different explanation, saying, sometimes when our emotions, they just don't allow us to do what we're expected to do according to halacha. And I can't eat the chata today, and we can't eat the chata today, and we're not going to do it. And I want to basically speak out against this approach on several levels. I'd like to speak out against it on the local analysis of the Psukim, and I want to speak about against it in the larger context of the entire parasha of Parashat Shmini. When Aaron speaks, and Aaron speaks here in a very controlled manner, because Aaron doesn't speak out of emotion. Earlier in the parsha, Aaron said, it says about Aaron, Vaidom Aaron. Aaron did not respond. He has control of his emotions. He's not a slave to his emotions and won't allow his emotions to get the better of him to take inappropriate actions. But what is his justification? Again, it's a bit of a cryptic pasuk, so I'm not even going to go into his words, but he says, Haitav be'enei Hashem. Would God see this as appropriate? Aaron is always interested in what God wants. Haitav be'nei Hashem. So however we're going to read the previous psukim, and even if we accept an Etziv's approach, where it is a response to what has happened today, it's, it is not an emotional response to what happened today, but it is a rational response to what happened today, a halachic response. If the eating of the chatat is symbolizing kapara, atonement, and for me, who has lost my two sons, it is inappropriate to assume that there was kapara here, it is obvious that there was no kapara, and therefore God would deem it inappropriate to partake in the chatat. But I want to go to, to, the entire, to see the entire parasha and see how an argument of emotion overcoming halakha is an inappropriate interpretation. There are various interpretations of the action of Nadav Avihu, one of them being that they acted out of a sense of wanting to take an extra step in their Avodat Hashem. That was not commanded. They wanted to do something spontaneous. And this was inappropriate, certainly within the confines of the Mishkan, within the, f- the confines of 
the Avodah in the Mikdash, which is a very, very sensitive place. We're walking on a very sensitive area where certain things that we do in the Beit HaMikdash, if done outside the Beit HaMikdash, are very inappropriate actions. For example, the Aron and the Kruvim. If we make an Aron and Kruvim outside the Beit HaMikdash, it's Avodah Zarah. If we bring Kochim outside the Beit HaMikdash, it's Kochim Bachutz, we're Chayav Karet for it, as we're going to read in Parashat Achrimot this week. So every action that's done within the Mishkan, within the Mikdash, is a very, very well-calculated action. And Adav Avihu, who according to this interpretation, took matters into their own hand and initiated an action that came, stemmed from their emotion, were stopped in their place and they lost their lives over it. In other words, the, the main action here that we're discussing in Parshat Nadav Avihu exactly discusses, according to this interpretation, the opposite of this what this rabbi claimed. That there is no room for emotion in a place where the halakha is clear. And the halakha did not command them to bring this ktorit or this esh. And therefore, it was out of line, and they paid for it with their lives. But again, that's somewhat an interpretive approach to what Nedav Avihu did. What I do want to discuss is what's explicit in the psukim. And I think this should really make the point After Nadav Avihu die, Moshe tells Aharon, Elazar, and Itamar, Rashechem al Let the hair of your heads not grow long. Uvigdechem lo tifromu. And do not rent your clothes. Do not rip your clothes. Vachechem kol beit Yisrael yivkut asrifa. Asher saraf Hashem. Normally, with the exception of the Kohen Gadol, but normally... In this situation, that their brother or son died, they would be in, go into Avelut. As I said, with the exception of the Kohen Gadoz, we're going to learn in Parshat Amor, which is next week's Parsha, that a Kohen does have Avelut. And in a sense of Avelut, and certainly in a sense of an Onen, they can't eat, they can't partake in Kochim. They can't be involved in the whole Avodah and the Beit HaMikdash. Because they're given their space and time for their personal avilut. The Torah understands the Kohen's need for avilut, and it removes him during that time period from the Abadan of Hamikdash. Growing one's hair is inappropriate for a Kohen who's working in the Hamikdash, wearing rent clothing is inappropriate for a Kohen, certainly a Kohen who has not yet buried his dead, and Onen is not allowed to partake in Kochim at all. And here, God says, quell your emotions and your need to mourn. Do not grow your hair. Do not rend your clothing. Do not mourn. You have to leave the mourning 
for Bnei Yisrael, Achichem Kol Beit Yisrael Yivkot Asrifa. You have to stay in Olam Oed, and you have to maintain what's going on here in the Mishkan. This is not a time for Avelut. In other words, the Torah is saying, put aside your emotions now and do what's necessary in the Mishkan. So the Torah is in this, in at least once, perhaps twice, in this context, telling us explicitly, again, at least once explicitly, to put aside your emotions in favor of halakha. And to come along here in a questionable interpretation and say, what Aaron was saying to Moshe was, I'm not keeping the halacha now because I'm too emotional, is a weak interpretation because Aaron is doing what he thinks God wants him to do, and it doesn't match with what we've already seen explicitly within the parsha. We have to know and see where emotion and halacha come in conflict. I'm personally aware of different stories with different levels, unfortunately, of Chilul Shabbat, where after a person was dead, and we're not talking about Pikuach Nefesh, people feeling the need, people who are Shomer Torah al Mitzvot, to make phone calls on Shabbat, to notify of a person's death, to drive on Shabbat, to notify others of a person's death. It came from a very emotional place. We can understand that the person was in turmoil at the time, they weren't exactly thinking straight, but there was no halachic justification for what was done. We have to understand that. Is halacha insensitive to emotion? No. Emotion has a place. We have to know where its place is. We can't be people who are led by our emotions. We have room for emotion. Most of, most people, when a person dies, they are onanim. And an onen is not chayav and mitzvot. They, are, they push aside the mitzvot, and that's what the halacha says. The halacha says, put aside your mitzvot and focus on the person who is dead, focus on burying them. So Allah is sensitive. I think in a place where there's questionable interpretation, we're allowed to use our emotional judgment. To weigh in favor of being sensitive to emotional needs. One example that I thought about that sticks out in my mind is the interpretation of the line Keshem Kshemavarech Alatova Kach Mevarech Al just as one blesses God for the good, so too one must obligate one is obligated to bless God for the Ra. And this of course refers to the Bracha of Dayan Hayamet that we say when someone dies or when we receive a particularly bad piece of news. And 
though the interpretation that even seems to be the correct interpretation based on the Gemara, which discusses this line, implies a state of happiness when one makes this bracha. Just like you say this bracha on good things with happiness, so too you must make this bracha on bad things with happiness. Both the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, I don't have the sources in front of me right now, but if anybody wants the right to me to get the sources, I'll be happy to give them the sources, jsnobel at gmail.com. Both the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch don't interpret as it appears to be in the Gemara, but they say that we have to have, without including the word happiness, a state of acceptance, when we say Dayan Ha'emet. And here, I think, the Ramam and Shulchan Aruch are taking into account human emotion and saying human emotion cannot bring themselves to say the Yen Ha'emet, the death of their relative, with happiness in the way that they say Shechianu when they move into a new house, when their child is born. That, I think, is a place where emotion is able to help us interpret the Halakha. Halakha controls our lives. Halakha is sensitive to emotion. But neither secular life should take into account that emotion can overtake, our, overtake us. And no, nor does Halakha accept the fact that emotion can overtake us. When a person kills because out of revenge for a lost loved one, so that's still murder. And so too in halacha, Aharon cannot partake or not cannot decide to partake or not partake in kodshim something of a great severity, just on the basis of his emotion. There has to be a rationale to his, to his action. And there was a rationale to his action. We do not say emotion bucks all, and we put halacha aside. And that's an important message for us to internalize, and that's an important message for us to realize as people who keep the halacha. As I said, again, questions and comments are welcome. jsnobel.gmail.com Shabbat Shalom.